Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. 77 yards is getting up toward the distance that could be covered by Gus, the football kicking donkey. Are you familiar with Gus? Have you seen Gus? No. Back in your day, when they turned back the clocks two hours and they watched Gus, okay? No, I've never seen Gus. In fact, I've never even heard of it. Gus, 1976, awesome movie. There, there was a series of live-action Disney movies in the mid-'70s that eh, you could take them or leave them, but Gus was pretty good. Gutsy move using those still frames from Gus. Here comes the cease and desist letter from Disney. <laughs> Don't mess around. I had nothing to do with any of that. Good morning. It's Chris Sims. It's Mike Florio. It's Pro Football Talk Live. And I am proud that I have lived long enough that I can talk about football in 2020 and also have a healthy recollection of Gus, the field goal kicking mule and or donkey, the film that debuted in theaters in 1976. Chris, good morning. Well, How are you? Good morning. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, well, well done, first off, by everyone in the back. Kristen Coleman, Nicole Granito, the rest of the graphic guys. Really good job. And now that I see pictures of the movie, like, I've seen little snippets of that. I don't know where. Or maybe I've just seen still frames or highlights of the movie, whatever it may be. Uh, but I've never seen the full thing, so sorry. Must oh, have so been really backtracking. Why, why, why let the truth get in the way of a good opportunity to pounce on the old man like you did yesterday? I don't know it what was you're the talking truth. about. I don't know what it you're... was the truth. Yeah. I didn't. Now that I see it, I go, oh, I, I think I've kind of seen that before. Maybe I don't know. How how could you do a movie about a field goal kicking donkey? I mean, that, man, that seems like it would be hard to come up with a lot of dialogue in that one. Well, the the donkey doesn't talk. The people do. But uh, oh, thank it, it, you. Hey, look, thanks. Every every movie you watch, other than documentaries, you have to suspend disbelief to an extent, right? It's all fake. It's all made up. It was creative. I think they should do a reboot of Gus. I think it should star Bentley. It should be Bentley, the field goal kicking, save the German <laughs> Shepherd. 
I think that's yeah, why no, he keeps showing up in the shot. He wants in on the action. He's a football lover. I mean, he gets out there involved in a, uh, with me and my son when we have a catch out in the yard. If we start, start shooting hoops, he's out there playing defense and chasing the ball. So he's uh, he is. He's got a little athletic prowess. Maybe that is what it is. Yes. How you doing he's today, though? You look good. Too. Good, he good, is smart thank dog. you. He's, good, good. Well, let me peel back the curtain. When we finish the show, before we pivot to PFTOT, which is recorded for digital only, Bentley knew it was time for Dad to come play, and Bentley was driving you nuts because the hey, Dad shows over. What are you doing, still sitting there talking? He was. He wanted to. Go, he's like a machine, and that's what the German Shepherds are. They are machines that way. That's why they're so easily easily trained. But he knows. Like when the show's over around the time, hey, it's time for me to go chase my tennis ball a little, get out of here, go pee and do all that stuff. And uh, we did the PFTOT, yes. And he was sitting here frustrated, just chewing all over his bone and dropping it on the <laughs> ground. And I know you heard it, so it was uh, a little annoying. I had to work with some crowd noise in PFTOT yesterday. All right. Well, if you stick around for PFTOT today, if we even do it, I, I think we'll do it. I got there's a lot of things I want to talk about today. There's a lot of things that have me upset today in the world of football, both at the professional level and at the college level. But for now, let's talk about the latest developments regarding the draft, which begins in only 15 days. There have been multiple reports from NFL media, which is owned and operated by the NFL. So we assume that this information that is being leaked to the reporters is accurate. All 32 teams will participate in a practice draft to test out the technology, which makes sense, right? Yes. It makes absolute sense. Rehearse it, practice it. I, it'll be funny to see what names they come up with. I, I would like to be the one who gets to come up with the creative names of the fake players who are drafted. I think that would be the most fun assignment of all because obviously no one is actually going to utter any real names of players they may be interested in during this mock draft. But they need to be sure that everything works because you've got a lot of moving parts here. You've got a, a conference call line that is always open. That's something Mike Garofolo explained last night on NFL Network, that that is always a fail-safe. All teams are talking on this conference call, this open line, at the same time. You've got the various digital technologies. You've got different companies, NFL partners involved in this process to make sure everything works. And they're going to test it out. They should test it out. This is the way that they're going to present the draft. Like anything else, if you know, if, if you just you test it out and make sure it's going to work, and this is a new frontier, this is a new unprecedented mechanism for the league, I hope they're going to test the damn thing out, Chris. Well, it, it's too big and too important for them to just go into it and go, all right, let's see how the whole system works. I hope it all goes, goes well when, when, when it's time for showtime and the lights go on. No, I mean, of course not. You know, so yes, this is great that the NFL is kind of giving it a trial run, work out the kinks, you know, see if everything technology-wise works the right way. Are you going to be able to, you know, pass off notes and certain phone calls in real time and everything like that? So I think it's very smart by the NFL. It's good to hear that they're doing this now and uh, not waiting to the night before or anything like that. Are you getting crackling in your ears by any chance? Because I am. I'm I'm, I'm not getting crackling in my ears. All right, hold on. I'm going to get... reset. I'm going to reset my uh, iPod, we, so go ahead. Listen, I'm we, listening. We, 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 apparently, we apparently haven't tested out our mechanisms before today's show. Fortunately, we're not going to be involved in the draft or the presentation of it. 
Another issue that came up yesterday, and I think this is an important thing to really understand completely, Thomas Dimitrov of the Falcons is hoping that there'll be some flexibility if teams have technical issues. Now, the response to that is, too bad. Everybody's on the same footing. Everybody's got the same rules. No allowances for technical difficulties. Plenty of ways to communicate during the draft. That was the message that was communicated by NFL Network last night. But I heard from somebody who's with one of the teams that said that, there will be flexibility. They've been told there'll be flexibility if there is a true technical glitch that keeps them from doing what they need to do. There are multiple companies that are involved in making sure that this process is going to work out, and they don't want a competitive disadvantage for somebody who truly has a technical issue that keeps them from making their pick on time because the low-tech mechanism of running the card up to the podium is not an option this time around. So, look, it's not going to be a way for teams to say, just give me a minute, just give me a minute. But if there is a serious technical problem, if there is a breakdown in the communication ability of a team to the league, whatever it may be, whatever may come up, who knows? Maybe there's a lightning storm in one of the various states in one of the localities where people are trying to make these picks there will be allowances there there will be flexibility there the NFL does not want a competitive disadvantage to come from this process but they also don't want this to be a crutch yeah, teams taking a away there. from it yes right well right. because because if there's if the, if the doors open far enough you will have yes. teams that try to take more time the door is no cracked doubt. and it's got to be a legitimate technical problem anything other than that too bad you got to get your pick in on time. Yeah, well, I, I don't think we can go on just like the honor. I, you know, I don't think you can go on the honor system. You're right. I mean, what if a team is, you know, trying to wheel and deal a pick and talking to guys and everything like that? Then they realize, oh man, the clock's ticking down here. Hey, we got technical issues, and they buy themselves well, three no, or four minutes. The NFL, I know, the, but but they're, they're, there's no honor system necessary when everything's digital. And they're they're well, gonna know if somebody's if you know I know if your if your camera drops I mean if it drops if the if the communication shut down the NFL you don't know I got know. this crackling in my ear right now I know that you don't know that because I got ton, tons of crackling no I mean I are understand. you sure it's not You're Bentley right. are you sure it's not Bentley chewing on another bone I don't think so I don't think that's what he's doing <laughs> but I mean either way I I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. The NFL is going to know, uh, I guess, to a degree. But if you're the NFL, Mike, do you put somebody in all 32 buildings or have some one person in charge of all of each team within the NFL to know, you know, to kind of give a little bit of a baseline like, oh, hey, there is this issue. And then he can get on the phone with NFL technicians. Do you do something like that? How, how does that work to the checks and balances of it all? My understanding is that, and apparently they're going to use Verizon for a lot of the technical communications and the, the internet or what, I don't know, whatever it is. Verizon, which yeah. is an NFL partner, is a big part of this. My understanding is that there will be technicians on site at certain homes, whether it's general managers, coaches, owners, maybe it would be three per team. I don't know. But they are going to have – I mean, this is a big deal. This is a yes. major TV production that they are trying to do with all these people at home. And it's not just the TV production. It's the actual process of getting the draft executed. It's two things in one. So they're going to be deploying assets to make sure this thing works out the way that it needs to. So even though it can't be used as a crutch – it is a reality. It is on the radar screen. The possibility of an actual telecommunications, internet, whatever breakdown. They're not going to say to a team, 
too bad you've missed your pick. We're going to move on to the next team. Although the chances of everything breaking down simultaneously from phone to internet to all other communications devices, that is going to be a slim possibility. Another issue that apparently emerged over the weekend, Kevin Colbert, the Steelers general manager, not long ago was saying, hey, Back in 1974, the Steelers found five Hall of Famers in the draft, and we didn't have pro day workouts and private workouts and player visits to teams and all the stuff we have today, so we'll just go back to 1974. Well, he wants to go back to 1974 in another way. He wants more rounds for the draft. I mean, there were 12, I believe, back in the 70s. There have been more rounds than that in past years. Now it's seven, seven total rounds for the draft. Kevin Colbert according to Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News, suggested recently that they should add three rounds to make up for the inefficiencies and the incomplete information that is available to teams. Now, this overlooks the fact that once the draft ends, you go get whoever you want. It's open season. It's yeah, undrafted right. free agents. You go right. sign guys. Why should they have the right to squat on three more guys per team? That's another 100 guys who end up having their ability to pick their first NFL franchise taken away from them all because we want to give some sort of a consideration to the fact that it's even more of a crapshoot now than it otherwise is. That's not going anywhere. That's not going to happen. And there are some people who think this is a good idea. I don't. The draft is seven rounds. After that, you go out and you get whoever you want, whoever you can convince to sign with your team. And, you know, maybe the thinking is some of these teams don't want to spend more by way of signing bonuses for the undrafted players because it's going to be maybe more challenging this year to identify who you want and spend the money on the right guys. Too bad. Go get your guys in undrafted free agency the same way you do every year. That's going to be the NFL's bottom line here, and I think that's the right way to do it. Well, yeah, it's not even it's not fair to those guys. As much as it's a great honor, right, to be drafted in general. It's not an you know, honor. Had, it's not an honor. It's, it's not an honor. an honor to be drafted. It Absolutely. is not an honor to be drafted. You have been brainwashed and you continue to be brainwashed. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to pick where you're going to work once you have put in multiple years of playing football for free and taking all of those risks for free. When the time comes to pick your employer, you get to stay close to home if you want to. You would have liked to have played for the New York Giants. You didn't get a chance to do it because somebody else drafted you first. It's not an honor to be drafted, Chris. Set that bag down once and for all. No, I'm not. It was an honor regardless. Yes, I mean, what, did, did I want to play for the New York Giants? Certainly. But I was still honored that somebody wanted me in the first 100 picks of the draft and thought me thought of me as talented enough to help their football team and my dream come true can, of playing in the NFL. They can think about you anyway. They can think that that's the thing. It's, you are the asset. Don't you realize that? You are the thing that has value. You are the person that helps them win football games. They have come up with a way in, in the spirit of, competitive balance like it really makes the bad teams better the bad teams just draft the wrong guys but in this this notion of smoothing everything out and giving everyone a fair chance they do this very un-american process of letting people call dibs on employees even though there's 32 independent companies look i didn't expect to get on this soapbox today but quit saying it's an honor to be drafted because there's kids out there who are listening to you and they're going to continue to think oh it's an honor to be drafted it's not an honor to be told where you're going to work who you're going to work for who you're going to work with especially at the quarterback position when working for andy reed versus working for insert name of quarterback coach who doesn't know what the hell he's doing is going to determine whether or not you're going to have a successful career. Well, yeah, okay, but that's the current system, and it still doesn't change anything as far as 
you know, I understand what you're saying. I, I get it. No, but you don't. I, I can't. Well, be, but you no, keep yeah, because it an I honor. don't. I don't get it. You're right. Then you don't understand what I'm saying. It's the way this is. Well, yeah, because I don't care. You're 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 like in this you know soapbox of like Mike Florio unrealisticness, and this is the way it's it's the way it is in all sports, Mike. It's the way it's set up in this country. It's yeah. Everybody would want to play for the Yankees. Everybody would want to play for the Patriots. Chris, Chris, do you want to sit on the bench behind Patrick Mahomes if you're a quarterback who's coming out of college football? Are you going to say, hey, I want to play for the Chiefs. I want to win a Super Bowl, and I'll watch Patrick Mahomes do it. Are you going to go to a team that has a need at the quarterback position? It's not going to happen that way. And you can use a salary cap, and you can use a rookie salary pool, and you can give the bad teams more money to spend on rookies so they have a better shot at attracting those players. But ultimately, it should be the decision of the player. This is the United States of America. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I abhor the idea that companies can come together. These are 32 different companies. This is Taco Bell, McDonald's, Arby's, Burger King, Wendy's, taking a total workforce and saying, I've got that guy. I've got that person. I'm taking that person. It's bull crap. And people need to wake up to it. Okay, ran over. All right, either way. Better. I got a lot of things I want to complain about I, today. I, just, I, I disagree with you. I don't know how, how – I'll have to formulate my well, you went uh, to argument Texas. better. You chose to okay? go to Texas. I chose to go to Texas. And I, cho- you know, and I could say I, I, I chose wrong in hey, some areas, why does, too. Why, why, doesn't col- so? but why doesn't college football do that? Why doesn't college football have a draft, right? Why, because you get there's to too many – You go to college – Okay, sure. So, I mean, what, what, what's your what's your point? It doesn't matter. They're not well, paying me. They didn't do anything it's, like that. It's it's an honor. It's an honor to be drafted by the college that you attend. It's That's a an great honor system, and it's the best sport we have in our country, and the best sport in the world. And it is equal in a lot of ways, right? We've seen a lot of equality, other than the New England Patriots dominating. And it, it is very fair the way it's set up, and it's proven to work, and it's, it's been working for a long time. It's plenty it's not fair. fair. To kids. It is too. It is. You you work hard. You're getting rewarded. You're getting paid to play What's football, and it's a dream come What's true. I'm, so what? You're you playing get paid in to the play NFL. football. You're gonna yeah. listen. Tua Tagovailoa wants to play for the Cowboys. He's one of the few guys who's been willing to admit. You know, before the draft, they're all robotic. Oh, I, I don't know. I'll go. I'll play for whoever wants to pay me. Tua's willing to say, "I want to play for the Cowboys." He should be allowed to play for the Cowboys if he wants to play for the Cowboys. He's going to be sitting on the bench watching Dak Prescott, but if that's what he chooses to do, he should be allowed to do it. That's my point. We're going to take a break. All right, yeah, when we return. Okay, fine. Chris that's is, stupid, Chris too, is, but go ahead. Chris is, you, you're stupid. Chris's top five <laughs> edge rushers who will have the honor of being drafted. Uh, coming honor. up, we'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. <laughs> I heard you saying over there that you consider yourself to be the best player in the draft. Does it bug you that it always seems like it's it's got to be a quarterback who's who's the number one pick, no matter what the other guys can do? Nah, you know that's you know that's just what it is. That's what you know always has been. Um, but I feel like you know if you look at my film um, from a defensive standpoint, the way I can take over a game, I feel like uh, you know in college football you haven't seen a lot of people that can take over a game like I have. And um, uh, I feel like you know my tape just speaks to me being the best player in the draft. Chase Young, Ohio State pass rusher and one of the budding superstars who I think would agree, because I had a conversation with him about this, he would agree with me that none of this is an honor. None of it is a privilege. It's a privilege for oh, a team you're to have crazy. services. And it will be. I'm telling you, 
I've had the conversation with him. He gets it. It's not an honor for a team to want him. It's an honor for a team to get his services and for a team to have him on the roster because he's special. And you know he's special because he, I assume, he is, is your top edge rusher for the draft. Tell me about well, yeah, Chase I'm, Young I mean, based upon what you've seen from him. Yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, he is special. I mean, there's just, you know, again, Mike, one of my favorite lines with people like this, there's just not a whole lot of people walking around planet Earth that are built the way Chase Young is and then can move and explode off the line of scrimmage the way he does at a 265 pounds. The strength he has, he's got the strength of a 300-pound defense to end. I mean, there's really no weakness to his game as far as physical traits are concerned. And then you go, oh, there's a rawness here still to his game to where he can improve, right? He's not as well-schooled of a pass rusher as like Nick Bosa was coming out last year. But I think he's an overall better athletic specimen than a Nick Bosa. And that's what's awesome. When you have an athletic specimen that's special, a guy that has all the physical traits to be special to continue to add to that and then has room to grow and a coach can mold him a little bit, that's where he's special. And yes, Mike, I mean, he's slam dunk, you know, from what I've seen, yes, he is he's probably the best player in the draft at this point. I don't disagree with what Chase Young has said. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, somebody's going to end up with a great, great player. They, they just keep manufacturing at Ohio State University. Yes, they do. players. Now, they're attracting them, but they are turning them into dominant forces, and especially along the defensive line. And Chase Young is going to be a difference maker as a, a rookie. And it was great to talk to him at the scouting combine. That was just a week or so before the world turned upside down due to the coronavirus pandemic. Caleb on Chase on of LSU. A very colorful personality, a guy that I spoke to as well back when you were on the injured reserve list with whatever it was that you had in Indianapolis. I hope it was corona. I'm still hoping. I want to get the antibody test. I really am. I'm hoping it was that, and I got it out of my system. I don't know, but sorry. Anyway, Go ahead. He's, he's number two on your list. How big of a gap do you see between Young and Chason? Uh, I, you know, I don't think it's as big a gap as what I see just as far as mock drafts and things like that. Uh, Mike, Caleb on chase on is one of my favorite players in the draft. He is the most naturally gifted pass rusher in the draft. And, you know, I say that, I mean, when you talk about exploding off the line of scrimmage, being able to bend around the corner, like the great ones, like a Lawrence Taylor, a Von Miller, you know, a Derek Thomas, he has some of those body movements that are very special along with being really physical and strong for a guy that's, you know, not gigantic, six, three, 256 around there. But Mike, this was one of my favorite watches in the whole draft. I think this guy's kind of being underappreciated a little bit as just far as, you know, the love he's getting. I think, listen, my, my rationale would be this. You know, I love Brian Burns last year. He was a top, he was the number 15 pick for the Carolina Panthers. Vic Beasley was the number seven pick for the Atlanta Falcons uh, coming out of Clemson. Caleb uh, on chase on is a top 15 talent. There's no doubt about it. I would sit here and argue he's a top 10 talent. I think he is a really sp special pass rusher. You saw the personality. I hear great things about that. He wore 18 at LSU, which means he's, you know, one of their great leaders of their football team. So that speaks to what he is off the field. But man, Mike talent wise, this is one of my man crushes of the draft. And you know what he has great, great pair of Mike, his legs and butt are special which is why he can run around the corner running 4-4 with a 300-pounder on his back and still get to the quarterback. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 it's amazing. I mean, what they look like in person, those two do. guys, Mike, just when you saw Caleb on Chase on and Chase Young, 
I'm so disappointed I didn't get to see more of them and be close to them. I was like in the room with them at one point, but never got to get really close. What was your take of just how they were built and what they looked like? Well, I mean, when when they're in the room, it's hard. They're yeah. wearing baggy clothes. They're right. not wearing the same underwear that you see during the workouts. So. Uh, you know, I'm more focused on having a conversation with the guys, not putting my giant meat hook hand on their leg to see how big it is like you would have done. Yes, yeah, I, I got to get a little touch and feel in there just to make sure what the muscle density is. But uh, it's a it's a good group, okay, as far as pass rushers. There's a little more depth at the position as far as the edge pass rushers. Uh, there's a few other guys here. I had the A.J. Epinesa kid from Iowa. He had an underwhelming combine. But, man, Mike, when I watch him play, He's not a sexy sack, sack machine type, but he's a guy that's a strong side defense end. The guy who can take on the tight end tackle double team and certainly have enough strength to handle a tackle one-on-one -on -one and do things like that. You know, this is a really good football player. In theory, he could be like a Michael Bennett or a Tyrone Crawford for the Dallas Cowboys. Play defense end on first and second down, probably move inside on third down and be a mismatch for guard in the passing game. So, He's a really good player, too, who I think is a first-round player. His numbers of the combine don't show that, but his play on the field and film shows he's more explosive than what the combine numbers were, and he's very disruptive and makes a whole lot of plays. So, you know, I look at him as being a, a, a guy who has New England written all over him. Uh, I feel like he's that type of player that could do multiple things for that Belichick defense in the front seven. And the bottom line is the most important positions for an NFL team continue to be quarterback and guy who chases quarterback. Definitely. And, that, and every once in a while, we kind of forget the value of, of a great pass rush until a great pass rush carries a team to a championship. And then we're like, oh, yeah, probably a good idea to have a great pass rush. But I think most, most, teams, most teams remember that all the time, Chris. Yes, Mike. Well, I mean, that's, that's the, the, the predicament I'm sure the Washington Redskins are in a little bit right now. Hey, it's the number two pick. I'm sure there's some teams that are interested in Chase Young or other players that are in the draft that they might want to trade up for. And the Redskins, who have three first-round D linemen on their front line already, now they can add Chase Young. And, you know, if you're them, Mike, what do you do? Do you just go and go, hey, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to have four just super freaks on the defensive line, and we're going to win some games with that, you know, or, you know, would you trade down? I wouldn't. I wouldn't pass up the opportunity to take Chase Young and have him opposite of Montez Sweat or Ryan Kerrigan and then the two Alabama boys in the middle. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch for in the draft, especially if there's some clamoring for the quarterback, you know, jockeying for that position with Herbert, you know, maybe Tua, who I don't think certain, you know, me, I don't think is worth the number two pick or a top 10 pick, in, in my opinion. But it'll be interesting to see if there's some action there uh, for that spot when all said and done. But I, man, Mike, right. I love this Caleb on chase on. He's my one of my favorite guys in the draft. We've been doing a division by division preview of the draft, specifically what each team from each division needs in the 2020 draft. The AFC North takes center stage when PFT Live continues right after this. I'm not going to not play. Um, I'm a ball player. Whoever picks me, I'm going to go show up. And I think we're meeting with the Bengals here in a couple days, and I'm, I'm looking forward to just talking ball, seeing what they're about, seeing the offense that they run, see how they think about ball. You know, the only thing that I've said is I, I just didn't want to be presumptuous about the pick, and so that's why I've been noncommittal, because I don't know what's going to happen. You know, they might not pick me. They might fall in love with someone else. 
so they you know you guys kind of took that narrative and ran with it but um there there's never been anything like that from my end Oh, Joe Burrow trying to put toothpaste back in the tube at the scouting combine after he and his people skirted around the edges of exploring an Eli Manning-type power play. They were thinking about it. Look, Cincinnati, you can get mad at me about it. I'm telling you, they were thinking about it. They decided not to do it. They decided to embrace whoever picks Joe Burrow at number one, and we believe it's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals, although the talk of the Dolphins trying to make a move up to number one will not go away. But, Chris, for these purposes, as we look at what the teams in the AFC North need, let's assume the Bengals are going to take Joe Burrow number one. So let's set aside the quarterback position. The Bengals otherwise cannot leave the 2020 draft without what? Yeah, it, I mean, the Bengals have a lot of holes to fill. We know that. To me, it's between offensive lineman or linebacker. And I would say more than anything, probably offensive lineman. You know, they've done some good things as far as their interior part of their offense. You know, the last few years, as far as drafting guys, center, guard, doing things like that, they need improved tackle play. That's probably the thing that concerns me the most about their roster. And if you're going to take Joe Burrow at number one and you want his career to last and him to be healthy – you know, that's the proper thing to do, I think. And I think that's a move you could see them make maybe at the top of the second round, Mike, is get that tackle that they feel could be the linchpin and the protector for Joe Burrow. But, yeah, Joe Burrow, Mike, the, the thing I'll just say, just to hit on that, because obviously I would quarterback would be the number one thing I would say, but it's too obvious here. Burrow is special, in my opinion, in a lot of ways. He really reminds me of Peyton Manning. He really does. You know, just the way he plays, it's not the biggest arm you've ever seen, but it's still very good. The accuracy is through the roof. And the plays he makes within the pocket with people around him is just special. But uh, I think other than that quarterback, yes, I would want to see an offensive tackle specifically. And he is the rare case of a college quarterback who did it all in one year. Usually we see that number one overall pick coming. We have him pegged going into his final year of college football that he's the guy who's going to be at the top of the stack the following April. And for Boa, uh went from largely unknown to Heisman Trophy winner, 15-0 team, and now the unquestioned best player in the draft, or at least best quarterback, Chase Young, would argue with him persuasively as to who the best overall player is. All right, I think the Bengals need a, they need a receiver. John Ross has been a disappointment. He can't stay healthy. And A.J. Green is not going to be there next year. They may keep him all of 2020, but they're not going to keep him beyond this season. They typically don't keep guys after they franchise tag them. They have a hard time taking that franchise tag and the promise of a 20% raise the following year and turning it into a long-term deal. They need to bolster the position. They've got Joe Mixon at running back. They're going to have Joe Burrow at quarterback. They need an, a, a receiver, preferably somebody named Joe, who uh, can can uh, catch passes and get that 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 offense fully functioning the way that it needs to. I agree with you. They need offensive linemen because you can't do anything if you don't have somebody blocking. But I, I'm just not impressed with their core of pass catchers, especially now that Tyler, Tyler Eifert finally moves on in free agency. Uh, he he had the potential to be a great tight end. Injuries were an issue for him. They just got to keep their guys healthy, right? Chris, at some point, you got so many injuries to your receivers and your tight ends. Is it just bad lockers or something else going on? If I'm the Bengals, I spend a little bit of money to try to figure out if there's something else going on. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an issue. You know, you're right with John Ross, but this was an issue that people were worried about with John Ross, uh, you know, coming out of college, that this could be a, a problem for his career. And then A.J. Green, listen, I, I think that was just an unfortunate in injury. I think he'll be okay and good to go from here on out. But you know, I hear you. It, you know, with Hi, Tyler Boyd. Sims. 
Doctor, well, Dr. Look. Sims chiming in, despite having no medical knowledge or training and no assessment of A.J. Green, says he'll be fine from here on out. Well, I'm just going by talking about an injury that I've seen a lot of people come back from over time to heal. I know you're just being a jerk, and that's what you're good at. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you with the wide receiver thing. I would think that's something to certainly think about in some of the second, third, fourth round, Mike. Steelers can't leave the draft without what, Chris? You know, Mike, I want to say the same thing with the Steelers. You know, you look at their offensive line, they're getting up there in age. I mean, whether it's Pouncey, the tackle position, what, you know, Ramon Foster retired last year. So I really think that's a position. You look at their team, it is, you know, a little long in the tooth. And they need to infuse some young talent there. You know, defensively, they're really in a good position. They're very talented. You know, maybe they could add a corner to the fold. But when I look at their offense, more than anything, you know, Mike, I would go either that or the the the, the discussion would be for a running back. You know, I think that's obviously in the in the fold too. James Conner has not been the greatest Le'Veon Bell replacement. He's had injury issues too. You know, so you know, the more I talk about it and sit here, I want to say running back. They need a they need a difference making running back. Okay, I'm changing my offensive line pick in the back room. I'm sorry, the second round. I'm going Steelers running back to give their offense another weapon. And I'm going to say that just like the team on the other side of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, they need a receiver that can stretch the field. We saw last year. Now, look, Ben Roethlisberger was injured most of the season. But when you don't have an Antonio Brown who can take the top off the defense, open up the rest of the offense, it becomes a lot harder for your running backs to do anything. It becomes harder for Juju Smith-Schuster to get open. Juju Smith-Schuster is not the guy that's going to stretch the field. In fact, I've already seen some talk that he's not going to get a second contract in Pittsburgh, which will upset a lot of Steeler fans, or at a minimum, they're not going to pay huge money to keep Juju around. you got to have all the tools to be a highly paid receiver, and one of the tools is the ability to run really fast and force safeties to follow you along with the cornerback that they've assigned to cover you. That's what the Steelers desperately need, and they do a very good job of finding great receivers in the mid to late rounds. Kevin Colbert needs to do that this year. Maybe that's one of the reasons why Colbert wants three more rounds. He'll just draft three more receivers, rounds eight, nine, ten, and they'll probably all end up being great receivers because that's one of the things that he's very good at. The Browns can't leave the draft without what, Chris? Uh, it's two positions that jump out. Again, it's back to the offensive line tackle position conversation. I mean, it's, it's funny we're saying this with the AFC North. Or linebacker I look at, but I think more than anything, you know, I'm looking at an offensive tackle to be the position they need to leave the draft with the most. You know, I'm not saying that's what they'll take at number 10 in the first round. I do think that there'll be a top end left tackle to be had there at that pick if they want to do that. But, you know, if there was a linebacker that was in their fancy too, which I don't know if there's anybody really in that conversation for a top 10 top 12 pick at the linebacker position other than Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Uh, and I'm not sure he'd be there by 10. So Mike, I'm going to say more than anything for their team, they need the offensive tackle. Yeah, but they, yeah, they've still been looking for that left tackle to really nail things yes. down since Joe Thomas, right. they spent the money. They spent the money on uh, Jack Conklin from the Tennessee Titans, which was impressive, but, but you look, you're right. 
they need to give Baker Mayfield every opportunity to be successful. And I know it's not sexy to take offensive linemen in the draft. You want players who are going to be generating fantasy stats and, and selling jerseys and whatnot. But you, you want to boost the guys that you have. And one way to do that, improve your blocking. All right, the Ravens. Yeah, my, uh, yeah, uh, one thing I just to say, you're right, though, Mike. I mean, if you want Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield and, and, and Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. to get off, you know, you, you need those type of players. And, yeah, I just think that's pretty much a desperate need for their team. Sorry to cut you off. That's all right. Ravens can't leave the draft without what? You know, the Ravens have a lot of, uh, I would say, an edge pass rusher. That would be the thing that jumps out to me more than anything. The linebacker position in general is a need for them. Uh, you know, offensively, hey, I look at them and go, could they use a receiver? You know, sure, maybe another guy to the mix, but I don't think that's anything desperate there. You know, safety position, Earl Thomas getting up there in age, that's in the conversation. But with losing Zadarius Smith, and C.J. Mosley the year before that, and now having to franchise tag a Matthew Judon. You know, something in the linebacker conversation would make sense to me for the Baltimore Ravens. Whether that's an edge guy or a true stand-up middle linebacker, uh, it is a linebacker nonetheless that I think the Baltimore Ravens need more than anything. See, and I think with Marshall Yonder retiring, and that offensive line is such a critical component to keeping Lamar Jackson healthy and running that unique offense that was designed specifically to suit Jackson's skills. You need offensive linemen who can move, who can block, who can maybe provide that last little chip to a guy who otherwise sure. is bearing down on Lamar Jackson. So I think they need to focus on protecting Lamar Jackson at all costs because he is literally the franchise right now. Let's take a break. The franchise in Arizona is Kyler Murray. The Cardinals expect a big jump. How will no offseason program keep that from happening? We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Cliff Kingsbury, Cardinals head coach, spoke to reporters via conference call on Tuesday and addressed, among other things, the development of Kyler Murray. And he said this regarding Murray's second season. We'd love to have Kyler back for the on-field offseason program. Do I think it's going to stunt his growth? I don't think so. I think he's figured out what he has to do, and I expect him to take a big step. And, of course, that's in reference to the reality that there will likely be no on-field offseason program for any team, which will be a problem for younger players who need those reps in the offseason to reach their full potential. And we were with Kingsbury at the scouting combine, Chris, and it was clear that Kingsbury believes that Murray is on the brink of becoming a superstar. I compare him to Patrick Holmes in 2018, Lamar Jackson in 2019. It could be Kyler Murray in 2020. Second season explodes as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but it's going to be harder to do that without the opportunity to continue to work and work and understand and grow and develop in the offseason. I know it's something that's going to affect all teams equally, but it's going to affect the younger quarterbacks more than it's going to affect the older ones who don't need the offseason program. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Now, the good thing is, you know, for a Kyler Murray, it's the same coaching staff as last year, and it's the same offense he's run all through college. So at least there's not more learning to do there. Yes, is he going to miss out on lack of maybe more knowledge of defenses? And let's deep dive into certain disguises and things that teams did to us last year. Yes, he, he's going to miss out on that. Uh, and, but, but nonetheless, I don't look at that and go, oh, man, that's a season breaker for Kyler Murray. No. You know, hey, hopefully that this COVID-19, the restrictions can loosen up at some point to where he'll be able to go out and throw passes with DeAndre Hopkins and other receivers on his team to just at least work on throwing, timing, rhythm, all of those type of things. Uh, but ultimately, Mike, I mean, my thoughts are like you. 
And I know, I mean, when we ask Cliff Kingsbury, and even when I've talked to him about Kyler Murray off camera, his face lights up. I mean, this is a guy that I think, you know, Cliff Kingsbury had his eye on for a long, long time as a freaky, freaky athlete and player altogether. And I'm with you, man. I think he's going to explode onto the scene this year. I do. With them improving their offense a little bit, the Kenyon Drake addition, and now, of course, with D. Hopkins there, Mike, that is going to uh, bring his game to a, another level or another stratosphere. The one I'm more would be more concerned about just along those lines would be like a Daniel Jones, who is total regime change, right? And now you got a new offensive coordinator and a new head coach. I think life will be harder on him as far as when he jumps back into training camp more than a Kyler Murray will here in the 2020 season. Well, the challenge for the coaching staff will be to come up with the best possible transition from what they did last year, understanding what they did last year, what Daniel right. Jones knows, and maybe incorporate concepts slowly, not just put him in a position where he's got to pick up a brand new offense right out of the gates. As everybody is still trying to deal with this upside down calendar that the NFL is going to have. Um, where do we want to see improvement from Kyler Murray? Unlike Mahomes, who played one game as a rookie, and Lamar Jackson, who played maybe half the season, we saw Kyler Murray wire to wire, and we saw greatness. We saw offensive rookie of the year. Where does he need to take that next step? Well, I, Mike, I, I don't look at like any part of his game and go, man, he leaves the pocket too early, or man, he's not very good in the pocket. He can't always, you know. I don't see any glaring weaknesses as, as far as just he needs play, to play and more support around him in general. But, I mean, as far as playing the position, the kid's a natural. He's pure. I mean, it, it's like Patrick Mahomes where, yeah, you go sometimes, oh, I wish he would step into that throw a little bit better and not just rely on his great talent. You know, other than that, though, Mike, I just don't see anything where I go – Oh, man, if he doesn't correct this, this could be some crazy year. He's got great mechanics, great feel in the pocket. He looks to throw the ball first. When he does throw it, he's got a special arm. He can throw it a lot of different ways, you know, throws it on the run. So, you know, I, I don't have one an answer for you there to say, oh, he's really got to work on this. No, I just think he's got to play and they got to do more to open up their offense and expand that and, and just help him with support around him. Yeah, I mean, it's just the game slowing down a little bit more and a little bit more and getting Kyler Murray to the point where before the play, he knows what the defense is going to be doing or has a better idea of it because at that point, he can use his physical gifts even more effectively if he doesn't have to process, right, in those first few frenetic seconds of a play what's really going on. Once sure. his brain begins to become that supercomputer that has seen all of the permutations and all of the options and all of the movement pre-snap and, and knows what's coming, and he can impose his will physically when he knows or has reason to know what the defense is doing, that's when he is going to be an incredible talent. He already is an incredible talent. He we is. just didn't pay any attention to it because they didn't win enough games. They weren't in prime time. We didn't get to see it live. I remember watching in the preseason. First throw I saw him make. The ball explodes off of his hand. The ball explodes into the hands of the receiver. It's this tiny little guy that's not supposed to be generating that kind of power, that kind of velocity, that kind of violence with a football, and he does it. He's going to be a special player for years to come, and I don't think that, that this, this absence of an offseason program is going to affect him the way it could affect others. Yeah, I, I agreed. I mean, you know, we kind of stated all the, all the reasons why. And, one, th this is a guy that's very mature. I mean, just, you know – and, and our little crossover with him two years at the Super Bowl, 
you know, having to meet him there. And then just everything you see, the way he handles himself in front of the podium, the way he handles himself on the football field, and the way he plays the position, it's very mature. It really is. That's where I was blown away by him and Daniel Jones last year. You know, Daniel Jones, the same thing. You know, they, they do a lot of the little nuanced things that a quarterback does that you don't see till maybe year three or four. And they already got that part down. And that's where I'm excited about Kyler Murray. I mean, yeah, I think he's a superstar in the waiting. And I think he will explode onto the scene this year more in the national scene and national media. And I do have to say this on the way to break. I thank Cliff Kingsbury for bringing back a phrase that I first heard in the 70s about stunting your growth. That used to be the argument against cigarettes, Chris. Not that it'll give you cancer, but if you're a kid and you're smoking, it will stunt your growth. I don't know that there was any evidence of that whatsoever, but that was what they used to get kids to not smoke in the 70s. We're going to take a break. When we return, the Buccaneers didn't go quite back to the 70s with their new uniforms, but it's definitely an improvement over what they had, which isn't saying much. We'll show you the new look of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when PFT Live continues right after this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had changed their uniform several years ago to that hideous ensemble with the digital clock numbers. See you later, Buccaneers old uniforms. Back to the days when Christopher David Sims was playing for the team. I love the uniforms. I still don't like the oversized logo on the helmet. I wish they would make that the size it was when you were playing, Chris. But yeah, I like the return to the the uniforms they wore after they shifted out of the creamsicles, although we all are clamoring for a return to the creamsicles. And remember, by 2021, that could happen. The NFL, considering ditching the one helmet rule that would allow teams to have a white helmet to go along with that gray helmet and allow the Buccaneers to wear the creamsicles. But I like the the return to the Super Bowl days by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chris, how about you? Yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, again, this is an organization that, you know, is got great pride. It didn't necessarily have the the most, you know, in-depth winning history in the history of the NFL as far as an organization is concerned. But these uniforms, uh, resent, you know, uh, embody them winning. And that great defense of Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and Rondé Barber and Simeon Rice. And, yes, there is a little, you know, historical meaning to this. And I do like these uniforms. Plain and simple, I like the all-pewter look, Mike. That's the one I like more than anything. And pewter – it was invented by the Glazer family. So they have a very big liking to that color, very much so. And the flag has meaning too. One of the biggest flags in the whole country is out at one buck place there, a big Tampa flag. So there is some at least meaning behind those colors and the flag on the side of the helmet. The bottom line is the last uniforms were dreadful and fortunately yes. they realized it was time to get rid of them. We're going to take a quick break. More PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.